This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Well, I think for most of us, when we start off on the journey, and, and you know, many of you did Christmas traveling and so on like that, you know, you probably did something. You either pulled out the map or you pulled out, you know, your, your Google Maps or whatever map program you use, and, and uh, you, you kind of charted out the way, right? And how long it would take for you to get there and so on like that, because you want to know where you were, you were going. So not many of us, a few of us, right, adventure type, we just start off and go like, we'll figure it out as we go. Some of you are out there, aren't you? I, I know you are. I'm, I'm happy to be one, one of those people. So anyway, but but, but normal people, <laughs> normal people kind of like, okay, I want to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. And like, you know, where are the rest stops? Where are the coffee shops? You know, like all, all that kind of stuff. And, and how many remember, or you have kids or you were a kid, and the, the question that you ask when you're traveling is what? When do we get there? Like, how much longer? And, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I want to talk to you for the next two Sundays. So today, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. And come next Sunday, too, because we're going to be, it's kind of like part one and part two. Um, 2022, the road ahead. The road ahead. So I want to try to give you, uh, in some key areas, um, where we're going. You know, what have we mapped out for this coming? Not every area, because we, we would be here forever. But in some key areas, so kind of like some foundational um, parts of, of, of where we're going in 2022. And we'll map that out for you today and, and next week. If I were to ask you this question, like, reflect back on 2021, and in a, in a word or two, how would you describe it, right? And so just think about that. Like, we, we, we would make a long, long list of you know, what 2021 was like. And so I Googled it. I, I got some of them, and I, I think we'll, we'll probably agree, and we would add to the list as well. Um, some of the phrases describing 2021, the pandemic is still weighing us down. Yeah, that's for sure. Dumpster fire, right? Right? How many agree? <laughs> Dumpster fire, right? The best and worst times. So for some, it was the best, best of times, and others, the worst of times. Um, relentless and disappointing. So we were probably on that scale. We were, you know, all over, right? Relentless and disappointing. Messy and clarifying. Both of that. Fragile and unexpected. So many of you experienced that, right? The fragility, so, so fragile, things were broken, you know, and unexpected things happened. They came into your life and so on. Uh, full of grief, growth, change, and survival. And I think a lot of us sit here this morning and, you know, in your home or wherever you are, and we're going like, yeah, I survived 2021. And I'm really hoping that 2022 looks a little bit different, but I'm really, really not sure how it's all going to work out. And while I think that all of us can understand um, those feelings, and because maybe they're part of our feelings as well, I believe as a follower of Jesus, and as a faith community called Gateway, um, we can lay one word over the top of all of those feelings, and maybe they, they're your feelings, and we can lay one word over the top of them. That word is, is, just, is just this opportunity. 
that before you and before me, individually as a follower of Christ and as a faith community, we have a tremendous opportunity in front of us. And here's the reason why. Because as, as we have experienced broken and um, chaos and messy and the best times and, and, and the worst times, as we've experienced all, all of that, so have people out there that we don't even know. And we have the opportunity to, to, to point one another and those outside right now, the faith community, to the unchanging God, right? Though everything changed over here, God never changed. And, and, and he's the same God um, in 2022 that he was in 2021, that he was from the beginning of all times, right? He has not changed. Now, that's good news, and we have that opportunity in, in front of us. I believe like never before that people are searching for something that's not changing. Do you think? Do you think so? I, I, I do. And they're deeply desiring what we have this opportunity to share, the opportunity to invite into community, um, into the community of grace and truth, um, those who have experienced all of those emotions. And if you're one of those people, we have another opportunity, and that's to do this life together. And that's, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning on really part one of the road ahead. When you speak of opportunity, there's a scripture in the Bible, it's Ephesians chapter 5, that I think speaks so directly to it. And Paul says this, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. And I, I think from a moral sense, we can all agree with that. We're, we're living in, in a broken world. Um, there's chaos all, all, all around us. Um, one commentator says this, what is meant is simply to make the best possible use of all circumstances like a prudent merchant. So if you're a merchant, how will you embrace this opportunity, right, as a prudent merchant? So the question to you and to me is, as a follower of Jesus individually and then as a body, corporately, as a faith community, how we, will we embrace this opportunity? Verse 15, just the one be, before, really brings some more clarity to walking this out. It says this, look carefully then how you walk, not as, as unwise, but as wise. And if you have the NIV version and perhaps others, walk is, is translated live. So be very, very careful how you live. Be very, very careful how you walk, right? Embracing this opportunity, not as unwise, but, but, but as wise. As wise people. So while understanding this to mean every follower of Jesus, and it does, I want to bring that thought into our community, our, this faith community. Whether you've been a part like for like a long time or like you're brand new today, we're all part of this faith community. What is Jesus saying to you and to me? Because the call is both individual and corporate to walk carefully, to to be not unwise, but to be wise, to embrace every opportunity that we can, not to lift gateway up. God help us if we ever do that. You've heard me say that in a variety of ways down, down to the years. It's not about lifting gateway up. It is all about the kingdom of God. Amen. Pretty good place. If you're a person who says amen in church, or you nod, or you punch a person beside you to go like, that's good. This is the time to do it, right? This is not about gateway. This is about the kingdom of God. Yes? 
Okay, so as we embrace the opportunity, this is what we need to keep in focus. So I, I just wrote out a simple prayer for us, and, and it's, it's this right here. Let Jesus help us as a faith community to steward every, say it, opportunity that you grant us to expand your kingdom and make disciples here, there, and everywhere. So Jesus, help us as a faith community to steward. And I'd like to talk about that word steward for just a second. Uh, I, I um, committed some time ago, um, and I haven't, I haven't always done really well at it, and sometimes I, I fail, so you need to hear that um, when I say this. I have prayed, God, help me to steward every opportunity and every moment um, um, in a way that will honor you. Now, you did hear me say, I fail at that a lot, yes? Uh-huh. Okay. But sometimes I succeed at it, and here's what it looks like. God, um, when I'm going up to the grocery store, maybe I'm running up there with Jen or, or run, running an errand somewhere, help me to steward this time right here that I'm in right now. So whatever it is, if there's something that I can do or some way that you want to use me, don't let me miss the opportunity. And, and so that's what that means. So as a faith community, God, that's my prayer, to help us to steward every opportunity. Will we sometimes fail? Yes. But are we committed to doing this? Yes. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So some years ago, we, we, uh, the team got together and we developed our theme, what we were all about. And it's right here. It's really two parts, experience community and find hope. Experience community, find hope. And here's what we said, like if you come in and you be a part of Gateway, um, <clears throat> this faith community, you can experience community um, to the outside uh, world, wherever they are, that's everybody. Um, look, you, if you're looking to be connected in a loving community, you, you can experience community here. So that's our message, experience community, not because we're so good, but because we know a good God, right? Jesus, right? And that's who we point people to. So it's in Him that we experience this community and then find hope. And so next week, we're going to talk about this, how we're going to help people this year intentionally find hope in children, students, here, there, and everywhere, meaning locally, regionally, and globally. Going to talk to you about India next week. Going to talk to you about church planting that we're going to be a part of next week. Going to challenge you in a couple areas in children and students, some areas where we're helping one another find hope. How do you find hope? You find Jesus, right? You experience community because we serve a good God. We find hope because we serve a loving God. So let's talk about community. Let me ask you um, this question. Has there ever been a time in, in your life, and I don't think it is in mine, that's why I put it down there. Has there ever been a time in your life that the sense of community has, has, has experienced brokenness like it has today? Have, have you ever, has there been a time? I mean, I, I would just suggest that likely not. I mean, so many things have been have been broken. Jen and I have experienced bro this brokenness, not, not between her and me, but, you know, you know, it just seems like so many relationships broke over what's been going on and what continues to go on. So it, it's a valid question, I think, for us to kind of sit on and, and consider, have we ever seen it happen or have we ever experienced ourselves this level of brokenness, this sense that community is broken? And that, that community might be your family, it, it, might be you, it, it might be here, it might be wherever you are, but this sense of community is, has, been, has been fractured. And for some, it's happened gradually, maybe. And, and for some, it's been kind of like a burst, broken pipe that some of you experienced, 
over the last freeze, like we did here at the church. So um, I drive over here, and the fire department is, is here, and uh, aid people and all that kind of stuff, because here's what's happened. So we had a fire system sprinkler that froze and broke, and water was going everywhere over into the fellowship hall and down there. And the team got together, you know, they, they took care of it. <clears throat> but in that case, it was instant. It was like burst, it was broken. And that kind of defines the brokenness that maybe you personally know or you know about. So this broken community wasn't gradual, it, 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 it was sudden. So I want to talk about that today because I think it's so vitally important for a number of of reasons. By the way, um, shameless plug for the series starting January 23rd, the book of Philemon. So in just, what, one, two, th third week down, the book of Philemon, where we're talking about restoring broken relationships. And I just want to encourage you to be here when we look at the Bible. The book of Philemon, which is just one chapter, I think it's 25 verses, that's it. But from there, we're going to learn how to bring healing to broken relationships that we may be experiencing or we're going to be um, presented with tools that, where we can help somebody else. So be here beginning January the 23rd. Um, but this broken relationship, what happens? What do we do then? We turn to community, not step away from it. We turn to community and not step away from it. And for some, here are practices that I, uh, I got broken um, this happened to happen. So my natural human tendency is to step away from community. And I'm saying like that's the opposite of what we need to do. We need to be people who step into community and not away from it. It's in community that we discover that we are not alone on the journey. Now, apply that to your own life because there have been times in your own life like when you're talking to somebody because you're experiencing something and when you find somebody, right, that is walking through the same thing. How do you feel about that? You go like, it's just so good, right? To, to know that somebody understands. And in the brokenness of today, it's in this community that we discover that there are other people on this same journey. We are not alone on this journey. As just one of the pastors here, it's, it's a privilege for me to, to serve. And man, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I would, it would be my desire to be able to love everybody which I do, but I mean in a, in a very practical way, to comfort everyone, to support you, to, to, to meet with every one of you here and there online and all of you and say, look, it's, it's going to be okay. Whatever the broken thing is that you're dealing with, it's going to be okay. And it's, this is where my, my heart is, but what I've also discovered is like one person can't do that. In fact, this whole pastoral team can't do that. You can't do that as one person, but in community, and as a result of community together, we can. And we will invite the hurting in, including those who are not yet followers of Jesus. And this is what I want to see us, want us to see the strength of community, that what one person can do, we can do this thing together. In this group here, in this group here, and you, and you, and you, and you, it's in community. And as a result of community, that we can journey together. Inviting the hurting in, including those who are not followers of Jesus. People who are seeking something. What is a mark of community? That's, that's the question I just want to ask. Now, not what are the marks of community, because there are a lot of them. The Bible gives us a lot. But what is a mark 
of community. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, here it is right here, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those that weep. This can only happen when people are in community. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. The Bible gives us um, a number of community uh, functions. They're called one another injunctions. So you read, you read them like this. So bear with one another, right? Which just means that we, we have to put up with one another sometimes. That's what that means, bear with one another. So in your family, you, you put up with another family member, right? Yeah. So that, in the family of God, we bear with one another. Sometimes we put up with each other, right? Bear one another's burdens, right? Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another, right? They're all there. These are functions of the community as it comes together. This is what should mark us. This is what does mark a faith community, people who come together as followers of Jesus. There are many things today attempting to divide us and to stop that from happening. And we must individually, and we must as a faith community recognize it and say, no, we're not going to do that. We are not going to do it. We are not going to let that division come into our faith community. We're not going to do that because that takes us away from the body that Jesus calls us to be a part of. We cannot live in isolation as an individual or as a family and be the community Jesus calls us to be. It's just not possible. Now, I knew that at that point, it would get really quiet. So I'm going to say it again, and this is what you can do. Go, like, go, that's good, or that's right, or elbow the person beside you, right? Because uh, it's true, we can't live in isolation as an in- individual or as a family and be the community that Jesus calls us to be. It's just not possible. Amen. Elbow, go look and go, yeah, that's, he's right. Like, I don't like it, but he's right, you know, whatever. That's okay. It's true. We're called. That's why Paul talks about the body, how it functions together. We're all part of it. So uh, my, two calls today, right? And I just got like, I'm going to talk really fast because the clock says I got like five minutes to get the rest of this in. It just hold on. It probably won't happen, but I'll try, okay? Number one, be the church that gathers in worship and prayer. Be the church that gathers in worship and prayer. It's a both and, meaning that we gather corporately and we gather in a group. So right now, like today, like you're all here. So this is the old cliche, right? Talking to the choir. I, I, I get that. But to be the church that gathers in person, in worship and in prayer, and then be a community of group. Let's talk about be the church that gathers. I totally understand, by the way, and agree that, that the church is not a building. This is not the church. I mean, this, these are just, this is wood, right? And plaster or whatever. This is not the church. You're the church, and I'm the church. We are the body of Christ. You never stop being a church. That's the church. That's why I think uh, Paul says it like, be, be careful how you walk, how you live this thing out. Because when you're out there, when you go, wherever you go to work or coffee, or whatever, like you're the church. So watch how you walk, right? And watch how you live because we're representing, representing Jesus. So I, I get all that. It's also true that the church is made up of imperfect leaders and imperfect people. And notice that I, that I put leaders before I put people. Did you get that? 
The church is made up of imperfect leaders and imperfect people. We all stumble and we all make mistakes. We say things we shouldn't and we at times don't walk as carefully as we should. That is true for all of us. But I'll quote Kerry Newoff. He's a guy I follow and I share uh, his, his amazement. And, and, and I think that you will too. Here it is. Maybe what bothers you should actually amaze you. And let me, let me, before we go on, let me just kind of say this. Like, what, if it bothers you that people make mistakes, um, that we're imperfect people, maybe that should actually amaze you. That's what he's saying, right? He says that God would use ordinary, broken human beings as vessels of his grace, and delight in it is awe-inspiring. He's proud of how his grace is beating through your imperfect but redeemed life and through the church. The idea that God would use you and me is pretty amazing. He had other options. Well, I don't know about you, but there have been times I will admit to you, I said, God, why don't you use the other option? Like, because we keep screwing this thing up, right? So use the other option. You would do this a whole lot better than I would do it, and, and perhaps we would do it, do it, do it together. Succinctly said, like, community is messy. Families can sometimes be messy. Community is messy, but it's something that we get to do and something that we, we, we steward. We must steward. I've been drawn to the fact, in fact, I've been doing a little study on, on other countries where, where people are meeting together, but they're meeting together at risk of their life, right? So they know if they get caught, they, they risk losing their life. We, we heard a, our guest from India, our partner from India, just a few weeks ago talk about the persecution in India where churches are being right destroyed and, and, and pastors are being arrested and people are being beat up at great risk. What do they do? They're gathering. They're coming together. They don't seek to separate. They seek to come together. As, church, as the church gathers together, as we're doing it right here today, it says something to the world, to those who are driving by right now, out here, over there, and down here. It says something to them. They have a front row seat. Well, not to some game, but to the grace of God and to the mercy of God. That's, that's I think, what attracts people like this God of grace, God of mercy, Creator God loves me. He loves all of us. And this is what's happening as we gather together and people drive by. If God can bring you and me together from different walks of life, different paths, different journeys, different education, different skills, different body types, different skin color, and bring us all together and worship the one living God, that speaks of God's grace and his mercy and his love for people. That also answers the question, what about when church gathering, like when I come together, isn't about me? What about when I don't learn anything? What about when, when we come together, and it's true, like you didn't learn anything today? And in fact, maybe you would say, I could have taught that better than him, which is probably true. Or what about or that worship team? I could have sang better than them. 
well, I could have done this better, or I could have challenged me, or I could have pointed the camera, you know, in the right direction better than that. I, I don't know. What, it just goes on and on and on, right? What about when it's not about me? But what if it's about us? What if it's just coming together and, and seeing that person, and we don't know their name, and we can't remember the name, and I'm not going to ask you what your name is again because I asked it a hundred times already, and I don't remember, but I'm praying for you. What about when <clears throat> we hear, and we see kids like I did after the nine, nine o'clock gathering, kids running to the lobby. What about if it just clicks, like, let's just pray for that parent because they probably need our prayers, right? Not because their kid's running to the lobby, <laughs> but just because they're a parent, right? We were all, all there. What if, what if we do that? What, what if we come in and we look at each other and we smile and we, and we greet? What if it's about us coming together? And as we come together, we say to these people driving by, He's God, and he can do amazing things in your life because he's done an amazing thing in my life, and he's done amazing things in our life. Carrie Newoff, who I just quoted, said this, the ultimate consumerism isn't going to church, it's walking away from it. That's tough, isn't it? The ultimate consumerism isn't being involved in a community it's actually walking away from the community because what are we doing? We're saying, I don't need you. I don't need you and you and you. I don't need you. It's just what I need. And the Bible says, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. You need one another. You need one another. Some weeks ago, I shared this quote, and it's true. Tony Evans, I hear people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And they are absolutely right. Salvation is through faith alone in Christ alone. But you don't have to go home to be married, but stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected. That is true, isn't it? It is. As we gather, do we have all the answers? Ah, you quote. The answer is yes and no. Yes and no. We have the answer, Jesus, right? Do we have all the answers in life? No. Not at all, but we trust the one who does. So we're the church that gathers, and when we gather, we're saying to people, look, we're on this journey together, and what can we do? We can point you to the one who does have the answer, and his name is Jesus. John Piper referring to Acts 2.46, where they worshiped together at the temple each day, and they met in homes and, uh, for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. He says this, seems to imply that there was an early sense of need that there be both large and smaller gatherings, and I, I believe that's correct, that God calls us together in this community like this and then into smaller gatherings. So the road ahead we're going to keep calling us to worship together because it's not about us. It's about those who are watching what the church does today. The road ahead calls us to be a community of groups too. So we gather and worship, and then secondly, to become a community of groups. Have you ever been lost and needed someone to show you the way? I have. <clears throat> I'm the guy that gets lost, <clears throat> right? So it's either a phone call something, Siri, show me the way home, or whatever, right? We need someone to help us show, you, show us the way home. It's what we needed, and thankfully somebody was there, and, and I just 
think about that when I think about life. We gather to worship and learn, and we grow together in groups. You know what? We need help, each and every one of us. We're not meant to do life alone. We're meant to do life together. In a group is where we day-to-day live out our life. It's where needs are met. It's where discipleship takes place. Going to the temple, as we read in the book of Acts, wasn't enough for this new community that was being formed. There was a risk they were willing to take, and that was to meet in smaller groups where a person, uh, where a person and their needs were actually known and met. It's called vulnerability, and that's a risk for us because, like lots of us, we don't like being vulnerable. Smaller communities or groups are biblical and provide a strength we would not otherwise have. The gospel experience of rebirth propels us two directions. This gospel, it propels us inward because we want to come together with other believers. So it propels us inward, but also propels us outward and says to the outside world, like, you can experience what I've experienced, the grace and love of Jesus, and then the coming together of, of, of people of faith doing life together. So the, gospel, the, the rebirth gospel experience propels us inward and propels us outward. So how will we gateway now become a community of groups? That's the question we're going to wrap up with in just a couple minutes. The team has established a 2022 goal of 100 groups, and that just means like 100 groups. We're not there, but we'll get there. It's not about the number 100. It's about people coming together and doing life together, caring for one another. There are many who are currently meeting each and every week. It's a rare occasion that I'm not in my small group of guys meeting Thursday morning early, right, to do this life together, to talk about the Word, to um, share with one another, to gather together. Many of you are already doing it, but I'm going to challenge many others who have not yet taken that step. You have heard of the phrase, right, from couch to 5K? Have you heard of that? Okay. Or <clears throat> couch to 5K. So if you want to run a 5K or a half marathon or a marathon, how do you go from not doing it to doing that? And so you can apply that to whatever part of life, like so couch to, you know, like crocheting something, <laughs> knitting something or making something, you know, sewing something, <clears throat> however you want to apply that. I'll use the running theme here for a second. Um, I want to challenge this, not from couch to 5K or couch to marathon, but from couch to community. And just like there are practical steps, whether you're running or knitting or crocheting or building or whatever you're doing, just like there are practical steps to do that, there are practical steps to be in community with one another. The road ahead is about gathering in a large group like what we're doing today, coming together to show the world. But it's also gathering small groups, groups where we learn together. And so that's what I want to challenge you with you. Mario is our groups pastor, does an amazing job leading his team, um, developing groups here at Gateway. And he's going to leave me alone like I did you out there. I know that's what you're doing. And so as we kind of wrap up, we're talking about being this community of groups, right? Right. And so let's, let's, talk, let's talk about that. Because when we talk about a group, and we talk about large group settings and small group settings. Um, how are we defining a group? What does that look like? Yeah, really right now, it's just people getting together. It's like 
three or more people getting together. I mean, it can look as simple as, like, I get on my phone or I get on whatever device, Facebook or whatever, and, like, look for, like, who are two or three people I know, and how do we get together and start talking about who Jesus is together? So it's really that simple. Yeah, so people coming coming together, right? Right. Yeah. In whatever way that might be. And so we're, we're wanting to be really intentional about this. And as Tom is talking about this idea of a community of groups, that, that this church is a community of groups, we're praying as we move up to Easter in particular, I don't know how much of you love Easter, but I love the Easter yeah. time. And as we hit that time, um, that very thing you talked about, about having a place where people hear and know about who Jesus Christ is, as we move up to that time of Easter, we just want to prepare ourselves to be in a place to have our hearts open by being in, in different groups. And so we're going to be providing a series starting on March 6th, where we're inviting everybody to be a part of a group, everyone to be involved, and we'll be inviting you throughout that time. In fact, throughout that season, it's our hope that there would be a sense that if you're not in a group, it's kind of like, wait, how come you're not? Because everyone else is. This is what we do here. And so yeah. it'll be uh, such a simple way to get involved. And we just want to encourage everybody to be a part, especially during the season as we lead up to Easter. Yeah, seven-week series uh, starting March 6th called Rerouting. And it's looking at the world. How does a Christian look at the world today based on N.T. Wright's book, Broken Signposts? It's going to be incredible. So the world looks at love and beauty this way. But how do we look at love and beauty? So this is broken, but this is fixed. And we're going to be doing that together here and in groups, right? Absolutely. So in our yeah. groups, it will be happening. And so we're just inviting people to come, like, as we kind of move up to that series to start jumping into groups. Yeah. And we, of course, will need people that will step forward to say, hey, I want to lead one of those. I can turn beyond myself and turn towards the two or three people that are in my world, or 15 people if I have them, and let's get together and do this together. And so we just want to encourage you to be praying about that, to be thinking about, is that something I can do? And of course, as you said, there's lots of people that already yeah. have groups. Yeah. And we're asking during this time, if you're already a part of a group, to join us for those seven weeks because it's going to be a great time for us as a community just to be speaking the same language about this whole idea of pointing towards Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to take that step during this season. You know, um, someone was talking to me after the nine o'clock gathering. I thought this was really good Mm -hmm. Um, because some of us are in groups already and they just might need to be tweaked a little bit. So it was great. So I had some some couples telling me, go like, you know, we, we get together I love this. This is great. Yeah. We get together every week and we play cards. Mm-hmm. And, and then they say like, well, maybe we, we should stop playing cards and talk about the Bible. <laughs> and you know what I said? What would you say? I said, no, don't stop playing cards. No, play cards, but then do this, right? Right. So like you can do both. Absolutely. There's yeah. room for both. You just... You just kind of reframe it a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And so even as we kind of move up to this Easter time, um, we're just going to be inviting people to be a part. Yeah. Um, there's 100 groups. This is something we really believe as a community. So we're uh, going to be having a training for people who want to lead on January 30th. But even now, if you're saying this is something I want to pray about, we want to invite you to come and be a part of it now. And we have different ways of doing that. Yeah. So um, for some of you, you, you love to have people in your home, don't you? Mm-hmm. So like, it's the best part of your day when UPS knocks on your door. Right? <laughs> it's like, come on in, like, you know, have a cup of coffee, you know, like, uh, my, your home's open, you know, FedEx or whatever, uh-huh. you know, like that. Some of you go like, uh, <clears throat> nobody comes in my home, mm-hmm. you know. But so maybe you're that person, like, I'm not going to lead a group, but I sure open up my home, right? Right. And somebody else will lead it. 
Uh-huh. Right? You got yeah. that? Yeah, because there's a deal, because we are wired differently. Like, right. um, there's some people who do love to open up their homes. And for, for us, we're like, mm. hey, we're happy to lead, but not in our house, because if you get coming in our house, you might mm. never come out because there's so much stuff in there. So, you know, we're all wired differently. And that's why we need each other, right. because as we come together, we can bring together our different gifts and do this thing that we're talking about. And the size of your home doesn't make any difference. Absolutely Like, so not. our group, we've, we had 16 or 17 people at one point in our group. Um, and, you know, like the downstairs there, we have a small home. It was like three or 400 square feet. That's it. That's like, that's, that's smaller than your bathroom. That's right. <laughs> just, so, just stick them anyway, in. <laughs> yeah, put them in there, right? So anyway, okay, so uh, and the person wants a facilitated group, mm-hmm. um, it's easy. That's absolutely. It's yeah. really easy. And so we're going to provide all the materials for you. So, you know, if you can um, take a piece of paper and walk through some questions, you can facilitate a group. That's mm-hmm. how easy it is. Uh, we just, we're going to provide all of those materials, all those things, so y- you can just jump in, focus on leading the group. We'll take care of all of the back-end stuff, so you can just jump in and do what you do best, and that's be with people. Yeah, totally. This, this guy's a master at laying this stuff out like, so you don't even have to really think much. I mean, you can. <laughs> you can. I, I don't mean it that way. But, yeah, please think. You yeah. Know, uh-huh. yeah, but he is so well laid out anyway. It's too kind. So here's how you do it. Yeah, that number on the screen right now, 360-209-8040. Is it up there? It's coming. It'll be up there in a second. There you go, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, groups, right? Right. Just text in the word groups, plural. And when you do, you'll get a simple prompt back. And the prompt will have one of three things. Hey, do you want to host a group? Do you want to lead a group? Do you want to be in a group? Um, it's a little bit different than what we've had in the past. And we will get back to you and, and just get back and say, like, how can we help you take that next step? Whatever that might be, how can we help you? We want to do that during this season. And so um, we're full on, we're full in. We want to help you take that next step. And it was just really cool. Yeah. There was a gal that was in the lobby that said, you know what? I'm so glad, Mario, that when, I, when you did, when I I did text in. Um, you just followed up, and uh, we were. I was trying to connect, and I couldn't. But that same day, as you texted me, um, that group leader then texted me later, and that very day, I was able to get started in the group, and yeah. it's just been so transformative as a result. And I just think, like, that's so cool. It's it's yeah. doing what it's supposed to do. So what's this about? It's about it's about really living out this life that Jesus calls us to to do. So right together, being in community together, meeting in this group, and then meeting in a small group. So. Oh, man, let's do it. that's mm-hmm. just part one. You want to pray for us, Mario? <laughs> yeah. So you want to do it? So let's stand together, shall we? And we're, we're going to pray. Um, and, and, and here's what I want to tell you. Number one, it's not going to be easy, right, for, for many. Um, it's going to move us out of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then lastly, starting is the hardest. So um, I just thought about this little meme that, that come up right now. Um, I think starting is the hardest. Um, there you go, right? It's better to finish last and never have the courage to start. So I say, let's just all start, right? That's so good. Oh, man, let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come before you today, giving you thanks for who you are. Thanking you, Father, Son, and Spirit, who, who dance together, who are a community in and of yourself, and yet you invite us into it. And we're so grateful that you do. God, we want to join you in representing uh, the goodness of, of who you are, to really be um, a place that, that provides community that's so desperately needed, to see relationships restored and, and healed, to be a, a spot where people are hurting and broken and isolated, can come together and experience community and life in a way that only you can provide.
God, we thank you that you do that. We thank you that you provide hope in a way that only you can. This world is so desperately looking for hope, looking for answers, looking for something that can help pull them up out of what it feels like they're drowning. And God, you are the answer. We thank you, God, that you have come to us and that we've opened up our hearts to you. Some are in a spot that we might even be doing that today for the first time, opening up our hearts to you, recognizing how good you are, that you call us to yourself. God, we say yes to you once again. Wherever we are in the journey, we say yes to you and the calling that you're challenging us to in our lives. And so, God, we pray that as a people, as we open up ourselves to you, may you gain the glory doing what it is you want to do in us and through us, that the message that Jesus lives, that he saves, that he draws people back to himself, that that message would be loud and clear through our lives individually and corporately as we come together to represent you here and online and wherever we might find ourselves. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.